Lessons learned. It's what life's all about. Lessons learned. I'm figuring it out. Lessons learned. In this week's episode, Fresh Feet learns a lesson about being careful. Wrong way! How did I pass it? Aww. Lessons learned. I missed the trail. Lessons learned. Without sprout, I'd fail. Lessons learned. Don't get distracted by the podcast. Lessons learned. I don't need to broadcast all my thoughts. In this week's episode, Fresh Feet learns a lesson about being careful. So every night we have to hang our food up in the trees to keep animals away from it, presumably bears. People call this bear bagging, but really you're keeping it safe from rodents, and raccoons who will chew through anything to get to food. Anything that smells sweet, so even like toiletries, toothpaste, all that kind of stuff, you want to pack away each night and hang 12 feet up and 6 feet away from a tree. It's kind of hard, it takes a long time, and you got to find the perfect tree. So the other day I was doing this and I got the line caught up in the tree and I'm pulling at it and pulling at it and really having a flash of this rock and bag coming flying down at me as I pull at it clocking me in the head and getting another concussion so I'm pretty nervous about doing all of this and I realized that the thing to do is just going to be to climb up in this tree and get the line down but the lowest branch on the tree was still pretty far up there. So I ended up having to head back to camp and I found Honeybun and I asked him if he'd help boost me up into the tree. And he was of course like, sure, although I'm not exactly sure he knew what I meant at first. So we walk out to the tree. I basically just throw my foot into his hand and he hoists me up to grab the lowest branch. And then I just end up having to pull myself up into this tree. And it was pretty physical. I was definitely tired and sore the next day from it. I was able to get the line down and that was that. And the whole thing was a huge mess. It took me forever to get the bear line up there. And I was really irritated. But everything was secure and fine. Move on. So the next day, finish up the day at the shelter and there's a nice spigot there, but there's really no good camping. So we decide that we should push on to the clearing and the lookout, you know, not too far up ahead. So I get there and there's a first little lookout and it's just a really impressive view. You know, right before we get into Delaware Water Gap, looking over the valley, um, just gorgeous. And I see a guy wrapping up a paraglide. You know, he's out there in a parachute landing in a field. I'm like, 
This is so cool. So I walk a little further up to the summit there and I see some backpacks on the ground and I realize, oh, more guys are gonna be paragliding. Like, this was so exciting. I'm taking it all in and a guy walks up to me and he says, well he asks, does anybody have any rope? And I'm looking at this guy like, no, we don't have any rope. You know, this whole thing, everyone's cutting down their toothbrushes, carrying as little as possible. There's no way that I have some rope. I'm gonna pause my story. Hello. I'm Fresh Feet. Yes. I wish I had some fresh feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to meet you guys. You I'm too. Dove. Hey, Dove. Are you headed southbound? Just for a section, yeah. Okay, so we might see you again. Are you? Uh, no, I'm, so I'm going down to Delaware Water Gap. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, oh, cool. Cool rocks. <laughs> yes, good call. <laughs> there are some rocks there at there the end. There are some rocks, yeah. That's right. <laughs> there are not going to be days of rocks, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right, I'm going to keep moving. Yeah, not too bad. Sorry. Thank you. All right. Gig, gig them. She's got a little Aggies hat on there. Yeah, both her boys are A&M. Oh, cool. She's from Dallas. All right. Anyways, where was I? All right, so. This guy walks up to us and he's like, do you have any rope? And I'm thinking, hey, I got this bear line. It's 1.8 millimeter diameter static cord. You know, I wouldn't trust my life to it necessarily, but you know, what's going on? He tells us one of their buddies is caught in a tree down there and they need to get him out. And I'm looking at him like, what? He's totally casual about it. Walks off to his truck to get some straps. So he tells us, go on down and talk to him if you want. And he's just right down the trail. <coughs> so we go down trail and I see this guy 20 feet up in the air, basically upside down, kind of like, hanging vertically over a steep drop-off with a bunch of rocks. I mean, it was a pretty sketchy situation. I just headed straight for him through the woods, and there was another guy down there, and he just gave me this look of like, uh, what do we do? And I'm looking at him, and right away I'm like, this is a fairly serious situation. You know, I'm taking the whole space in, this guy, his helmet's on the ground. So my first question is, why is his helmet on the ground? He's like, oh, he has a really expensive camera. And I'm looking at him like, he should be wearing his helmet. This is crazy. So I start surveying what's going on. And I see, you know, the harness he's in. It's not like a climbing harness. You know, he's kind of in like a hammock chair. But there are two locking D-rings on either side of his hip. And um, I'm like, can you anchor into those? and try to lower down. You know, I've got this little cord, it might work. And he's got no idea what I'm talking about. You know, this guy's like in his mid fifties, he's wearing jeans and a polo. You know, he's not like a fit dude. And I'm just looking at him like, how in the world are you gonna get out of this? You know, imagine you're paragliding, right? You're like flying around in a parachute and it gets caught in the tree. Well, he's up there, the parachute is caught up there in the canopy of these trees, so he's caught in between two trees. So I end up throwing him my backup bear line, which is like a dynamic cord, about two millimeters wide, 2.5 maybe, 
And I mean, this stuff is so stretchy when you put weight on it. It's ridiculous. It's like silly string or something. And so it's basically useless, but I'm thinking in a, in a survival situation, you could probably wrap down from this thing. But I've got no idea how to set that up. And neither does he. But I'm thinking, dude, you're paragliding. Like this must happen all the time. Like you'd think you'd know what to do in this kind of situation. This guy's got no clue. So we end up throwing the line up to him and then using it to pull him to the closest tree. And he kind of gets his fingertips on the ends of the little branches and pulls himself in. But as he's pulling himself in, the parachute's coming out of the other tree. And it's like a really sketchy situation. Like this guy is not out of the woods and he's not, he doesn't have like a stable base. And so he kind of gets himself pulled into the tree and he starts like wiggling himself out of his harness, but he can't get out of his harness. So the other guy's like, hey, climb up there and help him out of his harness. And right away, I'm like looking at him, I'm like, all right. And he drops to like a half squat and I put my foot on his thigh another foot on his shoulder and he stands up and like throws me up into this tree. I mean, it was a total cheerleading move. Like, and this guy was the right build for it too and a certain degree of broiness. So I really think he must've been a cheerleader at some point. <laughs> but this guy like throws me up into the tree. I scammer up there and right away, I'm like, oh my God, I've put myself into a dangerous situation. Like this guy, could easily fall on me and we could both be coming out of this tree and I knew I was going to be of no help once I was up there because I don't understand the harness like what I was telling him to unbuckle and work through ended up being his belt he was wearing like a webbing belt so the whole thing was the whole thing was kind of useless and I got out of the tree pretty quick I mean the whole thing was swaying back and forth as he started putting more and more of his weight into the tree. At this point, the guy shows up with the straps, but he won't come down because he's afraid of poison ivy. And I look around and we are, of course, surrounded by poison ivy. So it was just a mess. And I'm looking at the guy, I'm like, this is your buddy. Like, get down here, man. Like, who's in charge here? It was such a mystery. So the guy ends up like taking off his shoes, kind of worming his way out, muscling into the tree, and then just slowly down climbed in his socks. And the whole thing was very uh, sloppy, but he made it and everything was fine. In the meantime, I started thinking to myself, this is a pretty cool hobby. And now I'm looking at like a $5,000 paragliding rig up in the tree. Maybe I should just grab this thing when these guys leave and I can, I can start paragliding instead of hiking. <sighs> but of course that wasn't going to do that. So anyways, we walk back up to the clearing and in the meantime, like six more people have showed up and they're about to launch. And I start realizing, oh, maybe the wind is a little bit better in the evening. And this guy just launched too early in the day. And that's why he's in the tree. So these guys proceeded to set up their rigs and they're total wind nerds. I mean, they're up there just talking about the flows and the gusts and how the shade and the clouds all plays a part and really reading the valley. It was cool to watch. And they start launching their uh, parachutes and just jumping off the side of this mountain. I mean, it was crazy. 
I mean, part of it was that we were so deprived of entertainment for so long on the trail, but the whole thing was just thrilling. I felt like a little kid, like just watching these guys launch these shoots. Some people showed up with hang gliders and that's just nuts. I mean, you're laying, like you're laying on your stomach and flying these things. And they just ran them down this grassy runway and just jumping off a cliff and there you go. I mean, it was unbelievable. So the whole thing was a really fun experience. Um, hanged out, hung out, ch chatted with those guys for a while, and then went to bed, and I was just exhausted. Um, you know, two days in a row of climbing trees that I shouldn't have had to climb. I was just not feeling great. I was definitely sore. Middle of the night, I wake up to people outside the tent, which is like my number one fear. And the guy is back with some helper and they're going to get the parachute out of the tree. Part of me wishes I'd gotten up to see this because I was really curious how they were going to get it out of the canopy without ripping the parachute up. And whatever. Somehow they get it out, wake up in the morning, and my backup bear line is sitting outside the tree, or sitting outside the tent. So pack things up, head out for the day, go into Delaware Water Gap, spend the night at a nice place. And the next day, we decided to you know, just leisurely in the evening, hike out to the first campsite with our heavy bags full of food and uh, start our day rather than taking a zero. So, I don't know, we got hiking around three o'clock or so and ended up missing the first campsite. So our little five mile hike turned into an eight mile hike. I basically touched a rattlesnake with my leg as I walked by it. It was terrifying. Um, it was a very difficult eight mile hike and I was thoroughly worn out by the time we set up camp. Then this guy comes up behind us and he's one of those battle hardened through hikers. And he tells us, or he asks us, you know, did you guys see that black bear a half mile back? It was the biggest one I've ever seen. And we're like, no. <laughs> At this point we hadn't seen any bears. And we were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, well, just be careful. And so we're looking at each other and we're like, okay, we have to be really on point with our bear bag tonight. So I go out and find some trees. They ended up not being tall enough. Jackie found one that was great, but the limb was like 50 feet off the ground. I mean, it was way up there. And I basically threw out my shoulder trying to get the rock over the limb with the line. In the process, I was getting like terrible rope burn on my hands. It was such a nightmare. I ended up getting beans lined stuck up in the tree. We would have had to cut it down the next day to move on. I got my line caught in a tree. That was a mess. Couldn't climb up to get it. Definitely didn't want to. It was dark. We didn't have a very good headlamp. The whole thing was just a nightmare. Then we used the backup bear line. So fortunately I got it back from this guy and we were finally able to set the bear line. The whole thing took us about two and a half hours and I was just worn completely out. Bean had taken a big spill. My hands were covered in rope burn. We were exhausted. 
it was just a nightmare. So the real lesson I learned here was that I have to be really careful about all the extra things that aren't just hiking, like hanging these bear lines, getting water, all the stuff. When you step off trail anytime, you have to be very careful about your surroundings and what you're doing, making sure your footwear is correct and everything is good to go. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of hard and difficult for me. I'm not exactly the most careful person. So these have been good lessons for me to learn. This is Fresh Feet, signing off. Now I know a lot of you are probably wondering what it's like to hike the Appalachian Trail with your spouse or partner. And while I think Jackie and I are still figuring this out, what I do know for certain is that at some point you just have to be there to support each other. You know, and you kind of take turns with who needs support at which time. But the other day, Jackie was totally, totally thrashed. I mean, she was like nonverbal, just kind of like head down, grinding her way into town. And I knew she needed a little extra boost. So I decided to start narrating what was going on on our walk and just kind of like make up a silly story to go with it. And just the other day, she revealed to me that she had been recording that whole experience. And we got about four minutes of a pretty solid recording of the epic story, which we're going to share with you now. This is perhaps the first, maybe the only, installment of the ballad of Deer Girl. As if a deer became a human, but never forgot its deer ways, and moved like a deer, and given the opportunity to. As if she was always waiting to walk up these rocks and roots. Both of her human feet, the feet of a human. For that is what she is. Jackie the human. On planet to an overlook. The overlook was subpar because of the trees that had grown up around it, but still there was a fire, as if at one time there was merriment here. Stone cairns marked the way further down, but you never can trust these blue blazed trails, for they aren't traveled as regularly as the others. She moved forward in a knowing direction, sensing that Greenwood Lake must be near that lake down below, surrounded by green woods. She had a feeling, a hunch, an iPhone. No matter the tool, she was able to make it henceforth. She was no longer bothered by the heat, nor by the impending threat of bears or snakes from the butcher of animals. She moved on, like one of those strange human deer that I've heard <laughs> What was this? Some sort of science experiment gone wrong? That deer were somehow turned into humans? 
that they would walk like deer when given the opportunity to. Boulder dash. Make believe. And yet, here I am, presented with one henceforth. Occasionally answers to Jackie Weasel, though I know her true identity is Deer Girl. The stories were true. She had escaped from the lab and gone on to live her life as one of them. Look at her. Human feet and all. shops are filled with that dairy milk, but I do think that we're fairly close to major population centers, perhaps, perhaps, okay. I, I, don't, I think perhaps there could be one or two that might have a little vegan lick -em up on the menu. Oh yeah, that does sound rather tasty. 